Hey, fanboy nation. This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching. Fanboy. 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 A fanboy, etc. Fanboy nation. Dot. I assume Tom. Um. The last time I spoke to this gentleman, we were discussing Generation Iron 2. This time we're discussing Generation Iron 4, Natty for Life. If the pattern keeps going, we're going to be talking to Generation Iron 6 next time. Vlad Uden, how are you today? What's happening, man? Good to, good to uh, hear from you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to watch Generation Iron, Natty for Life the other day. Uh, you've, you keep outdoing yourself. You know, this, uh, this one and Generation Iron 2 are running neck and neck for my uh, two favorite Generation Iron documentaries so far. Oh man, I really appreciate it, man. It's great to hear that. And you know, um, you know, sequels in general, it's much tougher to make. You know, and sometimes they come out to be much worse than the previous film. So, you know, um, I'm I'm glad that we've been, you know, improving and hopefully going to continue to do so. Well, you know, you you've done marvelously with this one. I mean, you have Mike O'Hearn, who's been accused for decades of being uh, enhanced. You know, Rob Terry looks like he's enhanced, but we find out the reasons why he couldn't be. And there's so much more going on with this. What was the final desire to delve into the natural bodybuilding? Because it seems that it's been neglected for so long. Yeah, you know, I've been getting messages and, and emails and, and people just asking us to to tackle natural bodybuilding. You know, it seems like um, everybody assumes that all bodybuilding is, is enhanced um, all the time, and I feel like a lot of the natural bodybuilders were always overshadowed by that, you know, stigma. So, you know, I found out there's been organizations, there's been a lot of natural athletes, and that pride themselves to be natural, and they wanted to, they for their stories to be heard, you know. And even if they're not in the film, they want they want their story to be represented through other athletes, you know, just just to kind of deliver the message that this does exist. Um, and while I was getting those messages, I was you know, getting interested myself to know more more about it. And then when I started kind of doing research, I really realized that there's definitely a story there. And those guys uh, have very interesting, you know, um, ideologies, you know, and they have great stories in the in the sport of bodybuilding. So that's kind of how it came together originally. What seems to be interesting more so than anything about the natural bodybuilders is that they're all 35 years old and up. Nobody's in their late teens, early 20s. You know, they're not striving to be a 28-year-old Mr. Olympia. In fact, they have their own Olympia called the Natural Olympia that's not affiliated with uh, Jake Woods's version now the, that he recently purchased through uh, Wings of Strength. Uh, was there any dispute on Natural Olympia versus Mr. Olympia, like lawsuit-wise, you know, trying to piggyback off a, an already established name? I don't think so. You know, so um, Danny Kakos is the head of the IMBA, PNBA um, organization, which is a natural league, basically. And they have a natural Olympia. This is their, you know, pinnacle of their sport, basically. And I think, you know, um, somehow through legal ways or whatever he did in the past, you know, he, he found a way to do it. And that became, you know, obviously everybody knows Mr. Olympia, you know, as, as the bodybuilding competition that Joe Weider founded back in the day. Um, and Natural Olympia became the similar um, prize for the natural uh, uh, natural competitors in their organization. So I don't know, you know, really what and how he, he got away with doing it, but um, he definitely trademarked it and did it the legal way. You know what I mean? So he, he found a loophole, basically. Uh, what classifies as natural? You know, do you have to be 
you know, has anyone gone from a natural competition to an enhanced competition and won both or vice versa, gone from enhanced, you know, deflated after getting off gear and then deciding to go natural, like they took a five-year break and then decided to compete natural? Like, can you go back and forth between the two or is it you're either in the natural column or the enhanced column only? Yeah, that's a good, that's a great question, actually. So every character that's in the film, you know, the competitors that, that we focused on, uh, claim to be all, all life natural, basically, right? So they never used any type of anabolics at all. Uh, what it means to be natural, you know, uh, it means you, you don't take anything, uh, basically that's, you know, any illegal substances, you know, any type of steroid, any type of, uh, you know, performing enhancing drug, basically. You can take over the counter, um, you know, stuff like protein, you know, uh, creatine and, and BCAs, basically. But also sometimes, you know, those over-the-counter substances can be become illegal also, you know. So every year they publish a new list of substances. Sometimes certain fat burners can become illegal to use, you know. And every year the, the athletes get a notification, basically, of substances that they can no longer take. You know, but generally, uh, natural means you don't take any anabolics, you know. And everybody that we cover in the film uh, claim to be uh, drug-free for their whole entire career. Now, me personally, I think that, let's say, if you used to take steroids and then you, you know, you became natural, basically, you stopped taking them, and let's say, you know, a couple of years passed by and you joined the natural organization and they accepted you, you know, the organization accepted you, basically, you passed that test, then technically speaking, you can be natural because, you know, it's not like you take steroids like right now and it stays with you for your whole entire life. You know, you go on cycles anyway, you know what I'm saying? So in my opinion, if the organization accepts you, then you can be qualified as natural. But for for the purpose of this film, everybody that's that's in the film claims to be an all-time natural. Um, You know, the WADA is the governing body that's been overseeing the urine and the blood tests for everything that's going on for the natural competitions. But we've seen in the Icarus documentary where WADA has been beaten uh, via, you know, freezing urine, where they took uh, clean samples before they got on gear and their cycle and then just kept freezing and and, uh, filtering and everything else. Uh, The extent that they went through that for the Olympics, are natural bodybuilders willing to go to that extent or there's just not enough money in the grand prize because, you know, they're not making 150000 a show. You know, this is considered a pocket change in comparison yeah. to the bigger shows. Yeah, you know, it's bodybuilding in itself is a very niche sport, right? And natural bodybuilding is even more niche, right? So these tests, uh, from what I understand, are very expensive to conduct. And they conduct them, you know, uh, basically before the competition, sometimes after the competition. And the testing changed throughout the years. Like maybe a few years ago, they used to do this thing called polygraph test, you know, where it's like they hook you up to the machine or whatever, you answer if you're natural or not. Um, they give selective drug tests to certain people. Um, and, and, and then, you know, I feel like it should be more regulated personally. I feel like, you know, that's the only way to get legitimacy that you actually fully natural. You know what I mean? Right. Now, sometimes um, they do give random tests. And in some cases, uh, for instance, Rob Terry, who's the you know one of the stars of the film, he conducts tests. He goes and gets goes to the lab, independent lab, and he draws blood basically. And he kind of wants to show and prove an extra mile, you know, that he's fully natural. Uh, but I feel like if in order to um, you know gain more legitimacy and reputation, uh, for, to improve the reputation, I feel like there should be more money in the sport in general. And I think it should be more random testing done, you know, uh, throughout the year. 
um, because they also hear stuff like, you know, um, and in the film we actually cover that, you know, some people say that this, this, these testing can be easily be, uh, beaten by the athletes. Um, and also, let's say if you take steroids and you stop using it, let's say uh, two weeks prior or a week prior to the competition, you can also potentially beat the test. You know, I hear I hear these things as well. And, you know, to be objective, we have to cover that point of view in the film as well, you know. Um, but it just comes down to money, you know what I mean? Like, it needs to be more money in the sport. And natural bodybuilding, unfortunately, is even smaller than, than regular bodybuilding, you know, so to speak. So uh, until they get more funding, more sponsorships, it's going to be a, a battle, you know, and they're going to have to really uh, prove to the world of the natural more and more. Right. Uh, would there ever be like a crossover show between the natural and the enhanced bodybuilders? You know, a lot of the fitness expos now have started showing jujitsu and Muay Thai competitions, pole dancing uh, competitions. You know, we have classic right. physique coming back. We have, um, you know, those sort of things that are in there that wouldn't, if, you know, the unenhanced uh, natural bodybuilders fall in more so into classic physique or physique competitions with the board shorts. That's um, it's a tough one because you know people want to be you know a level playing field you know, uh, but I mean there can be let's say a competition where there's two different federations presented I think you know, or where there's like it can be like untested and then tested you know, uh, but I don't think they can be in the same exact show. However, there's been some phenomenal athletes in you know like regular uh, untested shows that were natural that claimed to be natural and they would beat guys that were you know, supposedly unnatural, you know, so that happens all the time, you know, and this, this, this phenoms basically, you know, that are so genetically gifted. Um, and also they work maybe harder than others, you know, that they can beat athletes, uh, there, there, that are considered to be enhanced. Uh, but just to make a competition where they both kind of go and, you know, toe to toe, it's tough because generally speaking, you know, if, if you are enhanced, you will have, uh, advantage, you know what I mean? To a certain degree. Right, but, you know, what if they had the show where it's like, you know, heavyweight class, natural heavyweight class, open, you know, without directly saying that they're enhanced, and then there's two, you know, different titles back and forth or something in the same show, or would that diminish yeah. one or the other? That that can possibly happen, actually, you know, if that's, if there's a, uh, you know... Uh, kind of the, the, there's a difference between the two, you know what I mean? Right. But also what we're dealing with in bodybuilding is that you can't call a federation enhanced, you know what I'm saying? Right. There's untested federations. So mm -hmm. in those federations, basically, you you know, if you are using, you're not going to be caught because it's untested. You know, there's no rules necessarily against that, Right. you know, and it's kind of like a gray area, you know what I mean? So to make a competition where it's clearly nat natural and unnatural, you know what I mean? It, it just right. becomes um, complex, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be, it could muddy the waters, and then there could be people that, you know, has an aspect of professional wrestling where it's, you know, the tests yeah. are there, but are they really taking the tests or whatever else? Or um, that reminds me, you know, 30 years ago, Vince McMahon created the WBF, the World Bodybuilding Federation, to try to mm -hmm. compete with the IFBB, and it seems because bodybuilding is so niche, and you know, it's posing, and a lot of people aren't interested more so in the posing aspect of the show but rather going to the conventions and the expos to try to get SUPs and CBD and protein and whatever else. Um, mm -hmm. Would an element of the showmanship that was used by Vince there or when Kai Green was doing his guest posing for the Arnold Classic that you showed in the, in the documentary be something 
more so for the crowd, you know, added showmanship to bodybuilding, whether it's natural or enhanced. Yeah, you know, so when when Vince did that federation, right, and I saw actually they did a, they did a few shows, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was basically just kind of like a bunch of guest posing type mm-hmm. of things, you know, meaning that like the old came out and it was kind of a little gimmicky, you know. Right. Um, to the point where bodybuilding fans, I feel like it's still a competition. You know what I mean? They want to see mandatory poses. Um, they want to see comparison round, right? And they want to see really, you know, the incredible physiques that they expect to see. You know, whereas if, let's say, if bodybuilding was all about just the posing routines when they come out, you know, and, and do posing routines without the comparison, without different things, it's not really a competition there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um Bodybuilding still survives today, I feel like, because there's people that love it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if you go to a show and you, you're you so invested into it and you're really rooting for whoever you think is going to win, you know? Um, the posing round is important. It brings, you know, it brings interest to it as well. And that's why you have people like Kai Green that, you know, focusing right now and doing a lot of guest appearances and, and it's kind of like guest posing, you know, when he does a routine, it's almost like um, a performance of sorts, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you are a fan of the sport, you know what I mean, you have to see the actual competition, you know what I mean? Right. And I feel like that uh, the Vince's organization um, didn't go too far because it was just focusing on just the show and, and, and the posing, you know, as opposed right. to the, the actual comparisons, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe a balance in the future of, like, top five would be doing, like, the you know, the showmanship aspect and then the comparison judging or something. Who knows? You know, it's, it's up to Jake Woods yeah. in the future. But um, with everything going on, you know, you spent quite a bit of time putting this documentary together. I know in one of your previous interviews, Mack Truck said you have to love bodybuilding because there's not enough uh, money in it to be, you know, like the NBA or, or Major League Baseball. Um, what was mm-hmm. something that you learned yourself in making Natty for Life? that just completely changed your view on natural bodybuilding? Well, to me, you know, Natty for Life was kind of going back to the first uh, GI film, the first Generation Iron film that we did in 2013, right? It mm-hmm. focused on guys like Phil and Kai um, and their journeys, right, to the, to the, um, to the Olympia. Um, in, in the sense that these guys that are in this film, Natty for Life, you know, they dedicated their lives to being, you know, in a natural organization, and they also have other jobs to balance. You know, they have other work that they have to do in order to really sustain the bodybuilding lifestyle. And I feel like now that they're finally going to be put on the map, they can they can find other ways to create income, to grow the social media, you know, and to really um, have a, you know, a platform that they can express themselves on. Their stories would be heard, you know, and I feel like it's important. So it's like connecting uh, the first film to this film. It's, it's very similar in that regard, you know. And what I learned the most is that, you know, uh, just like you said right now, you have to really love bodybuilding to be a bodybuilder, and you have to really, really love bodybuilding to be a natural bodybuilder, you know what I mean? Because there's... Um, until right now, I feel like there's even less opportunities, you know what I mean? Um, because people, even on social media, expect to see something like completely crazy, you know? Right. And uh, enhanced physiques are always going to be more, you know, have a more wow factor to them than natural physiques, I feel like. Although um, some guys like Michael Hearn and, and Rob Terry and many others, you know, they do have the wow factor to their physiques as well. So, um, but I feel like now they're going to be hurt a little bit more. Right. And I'm, I'm glad that this is happening. 
Well, I mean, we can't forget about Philip Ricardo Jr., uh, who at 41 years old looked phenomenal. Uh, Christopher uh, Oktich, is that how you pronounce his last okay. name? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, yep. mm-hmm. uh, the African guy that's training over in the uh, Persian Gulf. Um, you know, he yep. looked monstrous. Like, he looked like he could have been in an enhanced uh, uh, program. Um, you know, I think he, tra- yeah, I think he trains over there where they, they basically look like they have a cloning machine coming out of Kuwait and Qatar and all, and all those places where everyone looks exactly the same as a mass monster. Um, you know, could we possibly see a bodybuilding competition? You know, now we have the natural stuff and then we saw Rob Terry using the electrodes while he was, while he was exercising as well. Could we possibly see a calisthenic bodybuilding competition where they're only allowed to use calisthenic exercises to get their physiques. Oh man, that's that's that would be crazy, right? Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that would be um, even harder to monitor. You know what I mean? Because how do you know how they work out? They'd have to like put some kind of device twenty four seven to monitor them, right? They, they only do calisthenics. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it's it's hard, man. It's just like it's one of those things where people have to kind of like suspend their disbelief and really believe these guys that they do that. You know? Right. Because even with the, with this film is just um, I think fifty percent of the people are not gonna believe it in natural in the first place, you know. And I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing it happening right now. A lot of the people just like blatantly think that they all enhanced, you know what I'm saying? So to do something like that where they only do calisthenics is gonna be even harder to prove, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, so with every type of challenge uh, like that, it's just gonna become a situation where you know half of the people are not gonna believe it. You know what I mean? Right. And then, you know, you had the women in there as well, like Tiffany and uh, Alondra, and their physiques look phenomenal. They're both mothers. They're both over the age of 35. I think one's over the age of 40 as well. What is it about natural bodybuilding that attracts people, you know, uh, 35 and up that, uh, that want to go this route and allow them to have these physiques? I mean, you know, one of, one of the competitors whose name I can't remember, but he's a former champion, uh, said that there's something about muscle peak hitting in like your mid thirties, uh, you know, for, for either density or for aesthetics, if you've been natural your whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So when you're natural, when, when, you know, primarily your body peaks like mid thirties and sometimes over, you know, you develop them, uh, what's called muscle maturity. Um, when you enhance, it comes a little bit earlier, you know, d- depending on your uh, your own genetics, you know. But if you're just a natural bodybuilder, uh, I would say in majority cases, um, the best ideal age is mid 30s, uh, and sometimes even older, you know, to to really create a peak uh, physique. Um, I don't know why it's like that. It's just basically the way the body works, you know. It's called muscle maturity, and, and that's and that's how it is. And I feel like primary reason why. You know, people join the natural organizations and want to stay natural. Um, it's just really because um, they care more about their health, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in Rob's case, for instance, like, you know, he would basically die if he took any type of enhancements, you know, because right. of his kidney um, disease that he had. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where just uh, more longevity reasons, I think, and right. a fear of taking substances. Um, the substances, you know, usually can affect everybody differently. You know, right. some people, they experience minimal side effects. Some people, you know, experience it uh, much, much worse. And some people can even die from it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just one of those things where uh, people make their own decisions, you know, based on their own fears and their own genetics, I think. 
right. Like what we saw with with Rich in 2017 and how he passed away, you know, at a very young age. And we've seen so many professional bodybuilders pass away at young ages that it, it's great to see these people 35 and up that are still maintaining their health and being able to do so. Um, Vlad, before I let you go, I know we're running short on time. Um, you've had your detractors in the past and people that have questioned either methodology or whatever else. And of course, there's going to be the detractors that are going to sit there and go, Rob's not natural. Mike's not natural. You know, uh, Chris wasn't natural and it's just a facade and, you know, want to argue in the comments section, either on Generation Iron's YouTube page or Twitter or wherever else. What would you say to those detractors after spending all this time? You know, this was over a year and a half of work to put this together to get to the natural Olympia and show us who won between the top five competitors. Man, honestly, I, I welcome a dialogue, man. It doesn't bother me at all. Like, just keep discussing it. You know, it's it's if you make a film or project and it doesn't create some kind of a dialogue, I feel like you, you kind of fail to excite people. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, the comments and, and the debates uh, is a positive thing, and we all welcome it. You know, from the cast members, I feel like, to uh, to myself, to the whole production team, I, I don't mind it at all, honestly. It just creates more of a platform to... Um, you know, to promote the film. And, you know, overall, I think this film might be the most successful film in the Generation Iron franchise. So I'm, I'm excited for its release, finally. Well, I'm excited for you. I love all the work that you put into it. The production's phenomenal. You know, we were intrigued the entire near two hours of watching the documentary. Uh, Generation Iron Natty for Life is available for pre-order now and is released on video on demand July 31st, correct? Absolutely. Perfect. And where can we find you on social media if we want to connect? Uh, it's Generation Iron on Instagram, on Twitter, Facebook, and you know, all, all around the world. And, of course, please visit GenerationIron.com. Perfect. Glad you and thank you so much. Talk to you hopefully sooner than Generation Iron 6. And I can't wait to hear uh, the general public's reaction to Natty for Life. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate it.